Welcome to Bentech FM, a series of podcasts where we focus on various aspects of the coffee and venue world. Sounds, sounds fun, right? Alongside the suppliers, customers, and everyone else in between, we'll give you a unique look at what we're about and what's truly important in an ever changing and quite surprisingly interesting industry. Back to the story, starting with a very simple idea to provide fresh, locally sourced, good food made by talented, well trained teams who love giving customers a memorable experience. Since 2004, they've been providing hospitality services in workspaces. From enjoying lunch in one of their restaurants, sipping a handcraft barista coffee, or experiencing excellent hospitality, customers can be sure their teams have access to the best produce, fresh, seasonal, locally sourced, delicious food within what they do. They are experts in creating hospitality in client spaces, and although their business has grown, their ethos hasn't changed. Proud to remain independent whilst understanding the importance of continuing to invest in people, their teams operate across the UK, Ireland, and Europe, creating workspace dining that clients love and their teams are proud to work in. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Facts Stories Head of Marketing, Alice Gall, and Director of Food, Greg Bramwell. Hello. 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 Thanks for having us. No, really well. Yeah, it's really good to be here. Yeah, good, good, good. Thanks for having us. No, no, no. Nice no. setting. Brilliant. It's nice to be back in the office, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. well, that's it. <laughs> so who are Alice Gall and Greg Bramwell? Oh, go on, do you want to go oh, first? Oh, all right, I'll go first. Go um, yes, as you said, my name is Alice. I'm Head of Marketing for London and for Fuel, which is our food experiences agency. Okay. Um, I have worked in marketing for over 10 years now, and as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm not from around these parts. <laughs> I'm originally from New Zealand, um, but have been living in the UK now for about five years. Okay. Cool. Yeah, oh, myself, God, it's not weird talking about yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, Greg Bramwell, uh, Director of Food, uh, recently just gone into the new exciting role, uh, been with the company for 15 years. Um, you know, was it originally a uh, craft background, so right. I was, was chefing in, in the industry yeah. before transferring to the uh, dark side, as the chefs would tell you, and getting <laughs> into that that management role. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've got one of the best jobs in the world. You know, in terms of being around food, coffee, you know, uh, you know, people, and yeah, it's just a really exciting time. You know, for the future. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So tell me about about Baxter Story. Cool. Baxter Story, well, um, I think from our point of view, um, Baxter Story is, you know, a where we bespoke food solutions for our, for our clients. Yeah. Um, it's about the world now of experiences. Um, there's no better way to create a, an experience, especially in the workplace, from a food and beverage offer, offer uh, yeah. you know. Um, we have got so many talented team members, you know, from baristas to uh, great culinary uh, talents, the world of street food that Alice has just started, you know, in terms of under fuel. Um, yeah, the, it, it's it's a world at the moment, back to the story, where, where you can just be as creative as you want, you know, and if, nice. you, if you've got that that flair, then yeah, please, you know, the back to the story is one of the ones that you can go and express that flair. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like that. It's because um, it's so easy in this, in this industry just to do the same stuff all the time and just keep kind of plodding along and it's, I don't think it's always about that. I think, especially this, this industry, when it comes things like food and drinks, it's, 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 it's changing, isn't it? Yeah. It's changing. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, you know, we, we talk about it quite a lot. That it's not nine till five anymore. Yeah, it's not a canteen anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. not picking up a tray and going to a counter and walking yeah. along, is it? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone wants more, don't yeah. they? And, and they want an experience and they want value. Um, you know, and, and we talk about it. You know, especially in Alice's role. You know, our, our jobs to, to create those Instagram moments, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And I think, you know, that's where, you know, the creative flair of people like Alice and the, the chefs and the baristas, you know, that's where that kind of love and passion for what they do come, comes to life, yeah. you know, because they're, yeah. they're given the stage to perform on. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah, brilliant. And what chances that challenges are Baxter Starbit and Ogre FM companies facing now? Ooh, <laughs> I suppose we're all kind of having the same challenges around recruitment is obviously a big one, um, supply chain, and then obviously for us in our industry, having um, sites closed during the lockdowns and having to find new ways to reach our customers. Yeah. That's not, you know, in that nine to five workplace. That's, you know, the biggest three, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah they're all huge issues yeah yeah and you know under the sort of covid carpet brexit's kind of slightly been a bit quieter isn't it Mm. um so if you were to talk about you know our supply chain and the the team there they would probably share you know the the challenges that are you know around inflation and price and logistics and we had fuel didn't we recently um so yeah we, we have got that um yeah alice touched on it the same as everyone the biggest one for us at the moment is getting people back into the office. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, yeah. we, you know, we'll probably talk about it a bit later. But we we challenged that and we challenged ourselves with creating back to store at home, didn't we? Where we, you know, we we realised that most of our customers are at, at home. Yeah. You know, and how do we reach to them? And how do we help um, our supply chain and our suppliers? And you know, um, keep connected to the customer. Um, yeah. And you know, Alice will talk more about that. But you know, we create back to store at home that was the connector really that, that took food direct to the door you know yeah. so you're kind of changing from a I suppose a b2b a b2c kind of market and a b you know and going into a b2b as well yeah. so um yeah it's you know covid has done some great things mm. for us really isn't it it's kind yeah. of we would never have done that if it weren't for covid you know yeah. going direct to a consumer at their home um, yeah. we would have carried on just looking after the workplace yeah yeah it's great i'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that um so what's changed, or what ch- what changes have you made in light of the challenges? Yeah, do you want to touch on? Yeah, I suppose, yeah, like you mentioned, the biggest one for us has been moving into e-commerce. Um, yeah. You know, traditionally, we served our customers nine to five in the office space, and we had no reason to deviate from that. Well, and we kind of got, <laughs> you know, forced into a situation where we had to innovate and be quite creative on, well, this customers at home how do we reach them and, and how can we continue to support our supply chain as you mentioned um, so we created Bex story at home which um, was a website platform open to our customers moving to like you said a b2c model and they could purchase things like restaurant meal kits there was grocery boxes hampers um, and we also did virtual experiences with some of our partners so things like cocktail masterclasses, um, pasta masterclasses, you know, cheese tasting, like a whole range of things. Um, and that was just to add value to the customer as well. You know, everyone felt a bit disconnected working from home by yourself yeah, most yeah, of the time. Yeah. So it was a way for teams to connect as well. Um, and it's been really, really successful. Our clients absolutely loved it, added, you know, it made their life easier, I think, being able to organise yeah. things like socials and, and staying in touch with their teams. So, yeah, yeah, it's been a really good project, but it's something that we probably would never have done without the challenges of COVID as well. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. the one thing that, you know, when we first started, started back to at home, we were, we were probably thinking we'd be more of a shopping channel, you know, yeah. in terms of, you know, just getting food. You know, there were certain times where we were doing the isolation boxes, 
you know, getting sort of bread, milk, and deliveries to people that are in isolation. You know, people's parents, right. and you know, during lockdown that they couldn't get to, you know, maybe the elderly or whatever. And we thought, oh, okay, you know, we're doing that. But then all of a sudden, what really came out of it was for our for our clients was the importance of connecting the culture and keeping the company culture. Yeah. You know, and how do they do that when everyone's working remotely? And and we really found ourselves in. As Alice said, you know, going into that world of virtual experiences and networking events, and you know, it just grew, didn't it? Into, yeah. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you, you know, yeah. and then before you know, it, oh wow, we've we've touched on something here, and um, and yeah, it's it, it's been really exciting to to, to be part. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic because it, it, it was so easy for our found companies to to just almost disconnect and mm. not not kind of communicate with clients for 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 a long period. Yeah, period. yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 I've seen it. With several companies, FM companies that have just didn't know kind of what to do and just almost left it until things got back to normal. It just took them a lot of Kind of still not there, but, but the fact that you, you're engaging throughout and, and almost kind of keeping those relationships with, with your customers yeah. is, is brilliant because it's it felt like it was almost impossible to do in a lot of cases. Yeah, but, but you yeah. found a way, which is great. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, if we was to go slightly back, actually, you know, we through all of this we where it first started for us the power of we talk about it a lot of the power of kind of community and collaboration came yeah. out of kind of covid like we as a business yeah we we got really heavily involved with you know feed the nhs yeah. you know um and, and it was like you got to that point where you're you can't just stop you yeah. started something you can't just yeah. you know that, that that community is a bit shallow if you all of a sudden and all of a sudden and we put back to the story at home and the, you know how you're affecting people in the community and looking after the suppliers and giving them a, I suppose a lifeline. You know, some mm-hmm. lovely stories and feedback that we got from suppliers that, you know, without, without trying to you know sound too kind of glamorous, but we obviously really gave them a, a safety net for for you know keeping afloat and by having this opportunity to have a different sort of income stream that wasn't yeah. there. Um, so. Yeah, it was, it's been really rewarding, isn't it? It I has, think. yeah. I think that's probably the bit that I found most rewarding was hearing these small business stories where they just had the rug pulled from underneath them, you know, the big kind of companies that they were working with, such as us, saying, well, you know, all of our locations are closed. Mm. And then we found a way to kind of give them that life-saving revenue. And they were, you know, so thankful for it. But it's been lovely to be able to collaborate in that way and work together and... Mm tell the lovely supplier stories as well to our customers because they were really engaged with that as well. They wanted to know that, you know, by shopping with us, that they were making a difference. Making a difference, yeah. Yeah, we keep talking about it. You, know, it's, you probably see it a lot, you know. It's, it's you know, trying to, you know, force for good, really, you know. Um, and food's a great connector, isn't it? You know, food and beverage is a great connector. Everyone's yeah. connected to it. So, yeah, yeah it's been yeah. brilliant. It's been really good. Yeah, no, amazing. I love it. It's, um, yeah, because I, like I said, I, I kind of, sat back and thought, well, well, some companies just can't do anything. They just no. literally just press the pause button and <laughs> come yeah. back when everything's yeah. better. And then others weren't affected at all, you know? Yeah. They, 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 you know, we've proven the working flight works for them, which is, you know, devastating for people like us <laughs> to hear, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. um, but then you, or you go into a new market, like, you know, and that's that's been wonderful to be able to explore new markets, yeah. you know, new opportunities, yeah, yeah. you know? So, yeah, it's been really good. Yeah. And, and, Whilst yeah, the, the work from home has has proven quite well for a lot of companies. I I, I do feel that people wanting to get back into the office now because people feel like they can oh. they 
completely disconnected a lot yeah. of people I speak yeah. to that just they just don't feel involved in, in, in a business or in a company. Yeah. Nah, I, they're, not, they're literally just on the phone to people yeah. and that's it. We get a lot of when we've had customers coming back, you know, you know, the first thing, you know, the, the food with flavour. You know, everyone's been used to making their own lunch for a while or yeah. going out, haven't they? And and, yeah. and a decent coffee, you know, yeah, a decent, yeah, yeah. you know, not an espresso pod, no disrespect to, you know, anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I've got one as well at home, but all of a sudden a barista kind of handcrafted yeah, yeah. coffee. Um, it just makes everyone's day, doesn't it? In terms of wow, you know, the little the little things, isn't it? Yeah. That, that you take for granted when you're in the office, you know, yeah, back yeah, in yeah. yeah, all the all these even when you walk to work you get a coffee on the way and that yeah, kind of definitely. thing yeah exactly and there was a rise in local coffee shops seeing kind of people work from home and quit the walk to the local coffee shop yeah, yeah. Um, but I what what i've seen with that the result of that is i think people are more into the coffee now and kind of higher expectations that's coffee. great to hear yeah. obviously yeah. the pressures on the baristas bless yeah, them, but it. yeah no it's great yeah. it's really good yeah but people are more into there seems to be a bit of a rise with the artists on yeah yeah, yeah. Like yeah. little luxuries yeah, yeah. i think people yeah have found things that they're willing to pay more for and treat themselves to and you know yeah. that's it today and coffee is a big thing that has kind of come out of it yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's, there's, there's lots of good that's the thing we kind of look at COVID and, and there are loads of positive things that come out of it not just the negative things but the learnings that we've had across the board yeah. it's so important we need to kind of use that and, and, and yeah. move forward to this new normal yeah. whatever that is is yeah. kind of hopefully impacting in a positive way about what we've all been through over the last two years now, yeah. Has the industry changed for good or can we get back to some kind of normal post-COVID? Wow, what a question. I think we just talked about it, didn't we? Two years, you know, it's been yeah. going back and forwards and, you know, straight away everyone kept talking about the new norm, didn't they? It's two years on there. Has anyone worked out the new norm? Because no, I still yeah. haven't, I'm sure. Um, so really good question. Um, you know what you know without trying to sit on the fence you know for me at the moment i think it's a very hybrid kind of world now isn't it yeah. we've had little touches of both and i think some people want their comforts yeah you know some people don't like change some people have embraced change really well um and i think it, that's what makes it really exciting you know yeah. and you either the glasses are half full or half empty yeah. you know and and that from a service provider is really exciting because you're gonna have to go in and get, you know and be brave and try and get people. I think um, I think it's you know for me at the moment, you know 2022 and beyond is probably all about experience. Yeah. It's the year of experience, you know, um, and I think it's going to be this year that we start to find out what the foundations are for the future. Because yeah. this new normal is not quite there yet, is it? You know, we keep hearing about the. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday crowd, don't we, that yeah, turn yeah. up and then the Monday, Friday crowd at home and the three days of sort of work and network and play when you're in maybe London and in your offices to the two days of kind of admin and actions that yeah. maybe the Monday and the Friday that you kind of, you know, so, you know, in terms of that question, I think it's us now, you know, what, what our job is, is to, we're trying to help our clients by creating these great experiences that Alice is talking about, new partnerships, you know, where it was virtual, we're now trying to bring it into the workplace. You know, the cocktail masterclasses, the, the cheese and wine tasting events, the, you know, we have DJs, don't we? And, and the musicians that come in as well. So actually, if you're controlling your diet, you're in, yeah, most people are in control of their diary. Is it now that you look and you go, actually, I'm 
oh god what are they doing on a Friday they've got you know espresso martini kind of session or yeah. you know actually do you want to go in on Friday oh okay you know they weren't but because we're doing something that is an experience that makes them want to come in yeah. uh, or guest chef takeover day or whatever it is that now is where I think we're trying to get people to be a bit braver and be this yeah. normal you know we'll find it together I'm sure I don't know what do you think in terms of yeah, I think where we kind of, you know, nine to five, we expected that we'd serve, you know, set breakfast, lunch, maybe dinner. Now that has completely opened up. I think the flexibility means that we need to be more creative and more brave with what we're offering. And like you said, is that evening dues, is that, um, you know, low to no beverages are massive at the moment. Is that us creating events that are friendly to that as well as, you know, the traditional cocktails or whatever? Um, is it you know, more casual dining that's grazing rather than set breakfast, lunch. I think we just need to look at the ways that people have changed in the past two years and adapt to that new audience in the way that they're kind of used to living their life and, yeah. and kind of adapt to it, really. Yeah, no, I agree. The morning, noon and night aspect mm. now is, is huge to us. You know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, didn't we? The nine to five world that doesn't exist. We know no, that, you no. know, and, and if we're honest, that probably wasn't existing before COVID, but yeah, it's just yeah. been highlighted now, isn't it? Um, so you know, we have to be doing more, you know, on that morning, noon, and night aspect, and yeah. the right food at the right time, you know, throughout that day, and none of this kind of. You know, we talk about it and we, we joke about it quite a lot that breakfast is served, you know, seven till ten yeah. and there's nothing going on in the office. And then, you know, lunch is 12 till two. And then, you know, uh, then what happens after two o'clock in the workplace? Well, you know, the canteen is closed. No, yeah. it's, it's not. traditional. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and, you know, so that's where the creative team have kind of back to the story. You know, we see ourselves quite a lot now as becoming like a food agency. Yeah. you know providing experiences looking at different things you know we touched on musicians and you know because it adds to that actually a lot of people now want to you know they're, they're not you know we're so fortunate and we're so very lucky that some of the clients we work with the word canteen doesn't exist yeah. you know they're amazing spaces you know restaurants and, and, and food and beverage retail you know setups that people want to spend the whole day in there you know yeah. you know yeah. you know and, and, and do their business around food in, in in the workplace so our job is to make sure that we are generally providing these kind of you know we've got, you know fueling the people throughout the day with the right food at the right time yeah you know um, yeah yeah but we, we i think we saw all that kind of thing before covid you look at a bar restaurant they almost set themselves up as a cafe by yeah, day yeah, and a restaurant yeah, by night yeah. and then cafes did the same they, rather than just a cafe coffee shop yeah. they then became restaurants as well definitely but on night things musicians yeah. come in serving alcohol at night and so they, they all kind of were doing a lot of that anyway and now it kind of just seems that that probably needs to be done more in like the workplace or work environments as well because that's what people are used to now and expect mm. and, and it yeah and it's, it's really refreshing to see companies that are actually ready for that or getting ready for that or aware of that and doing something about it, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, from a marketing side, how have you had to adapt? Oh, go on, oh. go on. <laughs> well, I suppose we had a very similar issue is that our customers suddenly weren't in the spaces that we traditionally were marketing to. Yeah. So we had to go really, really digital quite fast as well. Um, so, you know, social media became quite a big tool for us. Yeah. So did things like, direct email campaigns um obviously we had 
the website platform so we could use that you know yeah. things like advertising on the home page um but yeah it really became digital first if not digital only campaigns um yeah. and that was quite a learning curve as well i think digital gives you so many more avenues of you know evaluating the data being able to measure the success yeah. things like conversion rates so that was really super helpful to us that meant that we could say what worked what didn't work almost instantly yeah. um and we got to you know do a lot of campaigns that were really really positive um we did one around international women's day yeah that you know we got to kind of um use our partners experience you know spotlight on women-led businesses or women-owned businesses so that was it was a really positive change and i think our community kind of really enjoyed that authenticity as well i think that's been one of the strongest things that we've done in the last year or two is is highlight really authentic stories from our partners and our community yeah um but yeah digital that's that's been the biggest learning curve really Yeah, yeah but i think going forward that is the way to go i think last year alone 13 uh, social media signups increased by 13 percent from 2020 which in itself was such a massive year for growth so obviously that's the way in the future like you just yeah. do have to have a digital led approach yeah, yeah. i thought it's it quite interesting as well that the, the, the power of the qr code come back definitely again, it? you know i think <laughs> yeah, people well, yeah, are like well, they've got a bit you know, sick of it, you know, oh, what is this thing, you know, I've got to scan everything, you know, and then obviously flipping on track and trace side to use it, you know, <laughs> yeah. but what we started to find was, you know, Alice and, and, and the creative team where it was a way that when we had to get really back into sort of hitting that person at their desk at home, you know, normally for us, you know, it might have been the weekly menu, the, you know, the old way of the nine till five, you're talking about new ways, you know, it would have been put the weekly restaurant menu by the print hub, you know, and then, oh, what's on next week? Now, actually, it's, I'm coming direct to your house and yeah. there's a QR code here, scan on that and it takes you direct mm-hmm. to where we wanted them to go and interact. You know, we were we were looking at things like video menus where, you, could, you know, the chef was, you know, filming, creating the dish that was going to be on, you know, available. The, right. the meal kit boxes was a way we were trying to get, encourage people to, you know, through that to go, you know, buy this box and cook, cook up at home or cook along on, you know, YouTube yeah. channels and, you know, it was just really impressive how people adapted and you know yeah. hospitality there's some very very intelligent and clever people in it and yeah. you know that's why you love the industry they you know quickly diverse and they and, and yeah. diversify their business to you know especially when it's about survival and there were some brilliant things that have come out over there i think that will stay for a long yeah. while yeah yeah good cool and it, but again it's all about that adaptability it's, it's, it's not just sitting there and waiting for something to happen or yeah. waiting for people to get in touch it's, it's finding ways of getting the message out in, in a different way and almost learning not necessarily new skills but learning more about skills you might already have and like how do we it's from a social media side you, you might be really good at it but then it's like well, what do we need to, to do now to start get people and to yeah. get, engage our customers or potential customers um, and it is because I look at it I'm like I just have Facebook and Instagram and that's and Twitter and that's like yeah I'll stick on you yeah 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 I'll stick your side yeah I'm just good at liking yeah, stuff and commenting yeah, yeah. that's all I can do yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. Great. I try to put a story on, and it's, oh. not, it's not that creative. But yeah, yeah no, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? You know what's going on. You know, yeah. uh, Alice will probably share loads with you, but you know, it's just you can't adapt. It's yeah. so fast. As soon as you get the hang of something, it's outdated. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's very, very 
powerful social media yeah. has been for us, isn't it? And you know, Alice has really used. You know, I've been so impressed with you know the work that she's done and the team, and you know how the data that's available. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Around customer choice, yeah. you know, what from a from a food point of view, you know. It's been great to be able to use some of that data that Alice is, you can see customer trends, habits, where they're going. And then we use that data from sort of the back to story at home on the fuel platform to then influence menus. Because actually if people want, you know, I don't know, say Asian or, in, you know, infusion food and, you know, Alice shares, God, you know, sales are going up and, they're, you know, well, actually, well, chefs, you know, just to give you a bit of live data, our customers are buying at home. So actually we need to use that data to influence our you know our office menus, and in, yeah. in, you know it's, it's it's amazing. It's really really good. Yeah. And it's interesting because historically we would have had that data, you know, through mm. till sales, but I feel like we just didn't use it in the same way. Whereas it's so easy to kind of bring everything together, and you can see the trends, you can yeah. see customer behaviour yeah. really clearly. Yeah, it's true. I think without you know I don't mean this to be negative to everyone, but like everything when you're not challenged you become lazy don't you yeah you know, you, oh, yeah. You, you know like Alice said that data was there but it was in a till format but yeah. what did we do with it well probably we just got excited about sales and customer satisfaction and yeah. you know actually but not what always were people buying you know because yeah. we kind of felt like we knew and also you probably took for for granted that captive audience that was turning up for work every day and, and buying a coffee and coming down for the lunch and you know in hospitality and now what we've had to do is fight for everything yeah. And it makes you more hungry, doesn't it? You know, and that's why we're using that data now to to fight for you know the the, the customers that are out there, you know, and, and make sure that we're you know hopefully picking back to stories as as a you know as a as a you know cater the restaurant the, the the beverage provider that they want you know in their business or in their homes now. You know, yeah. so yeah, cool, brilliant. Now it's exciting. I love it. Um, it seems there are lots of there are lots of companies now. Diversifying and future proofing the businesses. Well, it's more quite really. Yeah. Back to stories the same in terms of kind of future proofing beyond all the, all the all that you've changed up to now or adapted to is is the, is the bits within that or bits that you're doing that you kind of future proof as well. Yeah. Do you want to maybe talk about sort of? I suppose you know the foundations that were created under Backstory at Home. Fuel, mm, yeah, a huge part of that is it. Well, I think you know we we spoke about you know the changing customer behaviours, but I think it's also people use that you know time the last two years to evaluate what they really wanted. You know, and yeah. it could be as simple as what they want out of their food, but people have higher expectations for their lunch experience or their dining experiences. Yeah. Um. So we've kind of taken that information and we've really upped our game. Um, by bringing in street food traders under fuel and kind of building this food experiences agency where it's more than just picking up a sandwich for your lunch and picking up a coffee in the morning. We're really trying to add value to our customers and make the workplace a desirable place to be and make it yeah. fit into people's life rather than, you know, their life being just about work. Yeah. So I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest things for me as well as future proofing I think I'm looking at the next generation of workers that are coming in you know even in the last two years that's people finishing university and entering yeah. the workforce 
well, that age group, you know, they're not using Facebook. They're not using Instagram as, as high yeah. as previous yeah. age groups. We're looking at platforms like TikTok, which yeah. I'm not native to. <laughs> but, you know, we have to adapt and we have to learn. So yeah. we've started a TikTok for our fuel experiences agency. And, you know, that's also going really well. And again, yeah. measurable data to be able to see, you know, the success of it, the way that it impacts our other social media platforms as they all feed into each other. Um, so yeah, I think it's just being brave and, and continuing to adapt to the situation. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably add to that from, you know, the food side of things. And it's, uh, you know, we've, we've probably found or touched on that if there's no community story, then there's no food concept. Yeah. People now are making, you know, choices. And it's not just about a great bit of food on the plate. Got to have food with meaning now. Yeah. You know, you know, you talked about earlier about, you know, people got really passionate again about looking after their local community. Yeah. You know, um, and which was amazing. You know, all of a sudden, yeah. the, the you know the butchers, the bakers, and people are all of a sudden, God, they've been on your doorstep for ages. But yeah. all of a sudden, that appreciation value came back about yeah. who they were and the stories about you know that individual kind of um, you know. It was personal, wasn't it? I yeah. suppose, and 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 I think you know people now are making these refined choices about. Okay, tell me a bit more. Where's that come from? Secondary question: What's in that? Is there any community charity um, aspect in the food? So you know, we have really touched on, you know, uh, you know, like I said to you, after feeding the, the feeding the NHS and supporting that, you know, and starting up with you know uh, back story at home and the connection between protecting and looking after our supply base that. You know, when that was originally created, we knew that if we didn't set that up, they wouldn't be there for us when we need them. You know, yeah. there's great suppliers, fresh food, and, you know, you know, our values are all about, you know, all to local suppliers. And if they're not there, then we're, we're nothing without that supply base. Yeah. So I think, you know, we've looked at that. I also think now that, you know, we, we touched on sort of four pillars, you know, that we have to influence through food. Yeah. And that, you know, we started to understand that our, the new generation of customer mixed with the uh, the existing customer now, you know, they all want to know about, you know, diversity, inclusion, community and collaboration. They all want to know what you're doing for your local area. How does this affect me? You know, where, you know, is there any uh, profit or share gain that comes out of buying this product? You know, where's it going? And if so, where's the story, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. share that story, mate, you know. So I think, that's what's really exciting. I think that yeah. you know it, it's not just about a plate of food or a great cup of coffee. Um, it's food with meaning. Yeah. It's you know having a service you know that inspires you and gives you an experience. And I think when you put all that together, this is where that new era hopefully is coming. You yeah. know of kind of what the next generation is looking for. You know, um, yeah, I think you know it's an exciting time uh, yeah. to be connected yeah. to to the community again. You know, and local. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And what street street food and fuel, what's tell me a bit more about that, Anna. Um, so I believe was it twenty eighteen we started fuel originally. Mm. Um so bringing street food traders into the workplace and they would do yeah. pop ups on our counters and just bringing that authentic food story to our customers rather than us, you know, recreating what we thought it was. Um and yeah. it's it's been super successful customers love it because you know it means they don't have to leave the office if they're wanting that taste of street food the product yeah, yeah. delivered to them um and we've kind of just built on that and now have uh kind of cohort of traders that we're able to 
call up on and, and collaborate with. Um, so that could be for a lunchtime pop up. It could be, you know, a street food market that they do outside the workplace. It could be for events. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, the opportunities out there for them are, are great. And then you know, it adds to us as well. You know, our chefs get to have access to these chefs as well and and learn from them. Our customers get to experience all the great flavors. So that's kind of a win win for everybody. Yeah. It really, it really is. It's great. And again, you know, 2018, you know, fuel was started. Um, and it was all started with the word authentic. You know, yeah. we've got chefs, you know, they can cook, they can cook amazing food, you know. Yeah. But there's a big, there's a big thing about authenticity, isn't there? Yeah. And, um, and, you know, we got to a decision and this, you know, again, you know, why we love the company that we work for and then and in terms of that creativity and, and being that agency rather than necessarily ways of brand, you know, come yeah. on, let's, you know, it got to a stage where it was like, well, why are we trying to do something that we can't really compete with? You yeah. know, why, you know, why not just let our chefs be chefs and do what they do really well and, 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 and go and get, you know, the, the, the masters of London street food and bring them in and embrace yeah. it, you know, and rather than trying to compete with it. And, and actually, as we touched on it, we then realised actually that we were helping you know grow that community. Clients loved that we were you know you they they were connected to bringing the community into their offices you know and 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 you know um, and it just started to grow and then actually it was a real hybrid of our chefs just being inspired by these amazing food stories you know right, from yeah. lawyers that went travelling that took this dish that that meant so much to them to granny's favorite recipe you know that's a trade secret and no one can know what's in that sauce or yeah, yeah. you know um and it was a great collaboration you know but what would happen would be our chefs would also work with them to help them go from maybe something like 60 portions they might do on the street to then trying to look to pushing the sort of 200 barrier where yeah. you're in a big office and they you know help them work smartly so you were bringing sort of professionally trained chefs working with you know street food traders yeah. and it just really started to come together uh plus you can imagine chefs are a very com competitive bunch yeah, yeah so it's like right i've got street food traders today we're going to, you know we're going to war yeah, yeah. live chef battles in the restaurant and, yeah. and 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 who wins the customer yeah. you know they come down the food's been you know increased and up to game from a back story point of view but then the traders there doing the authentic food stories and you know and it's a great atmosphere you know to yeah. be part of you yeah. know and, and that's where we keep coming back that word experience through fuel um, and everything that the, the, the team do there um, and and the great food stories that come with it and the personalities yeah. you know yeah. um, just fabulous and yeah we've really enjoyed it and we it's been great even when you think about you know it's been such success that we've even redesign some of our restaurants with this in mind mm -hmm. so they're kind of empty spaces like pop-up pods that traders can come in but yeah, equally yeah, our good. own chefs can come in and, and you know if they do have a signature dish that they can be involved as well yeah. so it's even the way that we're changing the design and the experience to better suit this mm -hmm. yeah yeah it, it, yeah you know we've we've got to we've got to act smarter we've got to bear in mind the commercial aspects yeah. of everyone you know yeah, yeah. food waste we can't have counters now full of food so yeah. how do we do it and how do we work smartly but also still create an environment that people want to be in you know these big counters are, at the moment you know where you know it, it's been a bit soulless where there might only be a building that has a 
thousand people might only have sort of two hundred in, you know, yeah. and it's like you can't have food waste and food out on the counter no, everyone. No, no. So we've got a commercial responsibility, uh, an environmental and sustainability responsibility. And actually, you know, street food's been brilliant for learning for that, isn't it? You know, yeah. you know, cooking, doing something, less is more. Yeah. You know, but doing something that everyone goes, Wow, that's amazing, you know, and rather yeah. than these counters full of food, yeah, you know, um it you know, it's been yeah, I think it's been a great um way to kind of be educated as well by 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 the you know the best you know of London sort of street food scene as well. Yeah, because the street food guys they they are so good at just oh, really just doing what they need to do and yeah. then they don't overcook or undercook no, at all. Exactly. And because they've been doing it. Theatre, isn't it? It's the yeah. engagement, it's probably and the you know, smells are incredible. Yeah, yeah, the banter between customer yeah. you know, people want to wait for work, that's what we're here for, you know, yeah. come down and they, you know, see yeah, see a street food guy. And like I said, I I, I love it when like I said, the chefs get a bit personal, <laughs> don't they? You know, someone's coming in their restaurant or in their kitchen or in yeah. their wine, we're going to war. But there's that, you know, that, 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 you know, mutual respect, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, but it's great. And like I said, that's the, the only person that wins is the customer. Yeah. You know? And, that's and yeah. And, and, and I've, I've done it many times when you've had like an amazing lunch and, or a full lunch and you come back and, and you're almost like re-energised after being yeah. at work and stuff. Yeah, so definitely. I think stuff like that does have a massive yeah. impact. Yeah. But it is, like you know, Alice just touched on. You know, you've got you've got clients now asking to design restaurants around the power of street food. Yeah. You know, and you know we've looked at you know as a result of you know learning from the street food market, we've looked at actually what what makes that energy come through in the street food market, and actually what we've touched on is it is chefs cooking their food. Yeah. So they're going to be passionate about yeah, it. Yeah. They want to share it with the world, you know. Again, the secret recipe or the travel story that they've been on that they found this dish and they've got to bring it to everyone yeah. and, and share it. And actually, what we've then managed to touch on by having, you know, since like I said, 2018, you know, working, you know, creating fuel, um, working with these street food traders is that our chefs have started to become inspired, haven't they? So rather than cooking somebody else's food, you know, here's a menu, head chef creates it, this is what you're cooking this week, chef. Okay, no problem, you know. Do a great job. Yeah. The world's changing now. You come back to our how we're going into this new world. Back to the story, chefs now are being trained to put their dishes on a menu. Yeah. So actually you're cooking your food. You're cooking so if you can't get passionate about cooking your own food to share with the customer, then you know. That's, you know, so they know when they're putting their personal name to it rather than the head chef's name to it, it's got to be good. Yeah. You know, you're you're out there cooking for a customer. And so so it's just started to really kind of, yes. Yeah, um, Impact our own yeah. chef culture, I think. Which, yeah, like you said, the, the winner's the customer in the end. Yeah, yeah. But you know, again, it's learnings, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. really good. Excellent. Cool. <laughs> Love it. Um, how does the future look for Baxter Story and facility management as a whole? Cool. A really good question, no? What, you go first. Cool. Oh, I was just going to cool. say, does anybody know mm. the future and what it holds after the last few years? Definitely. I, I don't no, know. No, not really, do we? We can have an idea. <laughs> we can try. Yeah. I think we know the things that are going to be important to people, obviously, sustainability, yeah, high on huge. the agenda for yeah. us. Carbon footprint, you know, yeah. that's, you know, in terms of, yeah, you know, that's big as well at the moment, isn't it? You know, looking at, it's kind of in our DNA anyway, to be honest, because you work with local suppliers, even the street food traders, you know, everyone, you know, it's it's yeah. it's important. But, you know, I suppose from your side of things, we talked about how we communicate that message yeah. to the customer. 
you know. Yeah. I think, yeah, people are very interested to know that what we're doing for sustainability, things like food waste as well, which is so topical, I think that is becoming more and more important to the customer and they choose where they spend their money very depending true. on what that message is and, and how transparent we are as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think that's going to be big for us. I think, um, you know, experiences, food experiences, turning the workplace into somewhere that you want to be mm. and yeah. is, is more than just a place of work as well. Definitely. Um, Definitely. So, yeah. So bringing yeah. more to it. Yeah, I really agree with that. I think just from, again, just to add to what Alice has said, we talked about it throughout, you know, the excitement about creating experiences, you yeah. know, in the workplace. Yeah. You know, our, our clients um, are all, you know, the, the, you know, the investment that's gone into these fabulous kind of buildings and infrastructure and, um, and, and, they're, and they're craving to have their culture back. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, and, and how do you get that, that culture back? Well, Hopefully you call on people like that's a story and then, you know, as a as a kind of experienced kind of food and beverage agency to help you. And we we're not a brand such that, you know, you don't go into every back to story and have the same, oh no, look, you know, you know, that's back to story to do this. Because actually we we're really proud when you don't know that we're doing the work, you know, it's yeah. it's talked about the environment, you know, you can't say, oh, that's, you know, you know, you you become part of the the foundations of the the, the client culture, yeah. you know. So you're tailoring your services to what do you want, Mister or Mrs. Client? You know, what what can we do for you? Like, okay, no problem. Yeah. And, and I think that's great. I also think that um, we've been back to the story as well. I think COVID's been, I'm not gonna say good for us in a financial aspect, but good for us to just take a step back. Yeah. You know, look at what we've got. Look at the talent. You know, and the you know around our own people. Yeah. Um, I think it's made everyone focus again on terms of what's important. Yeah. You yeah. know what's important. You know to everybody. Um, and I think that can only be a good thing. You know, in terms of we all we all got a bit caught up with the probably hundred and ten miles an hour treadmill that everyone was on. Wasn't yeah. we? You know. Uh, the 60 hours a week kind of philosophy where everyone's, you know, and now it's kind of actually what's important. And we talked about it all the way through, you know, our DNA in terms of connecting to, you know, bring community and collaboration, um, you know, and actually we see ourselves, we've got a massive responsibility to get keep hospitality thriving. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a tough world out there for some of our colleagues and, you know, yeah. it's been, of course it's been tough for us, but, you know, I think where we're coming through with that positivity that the world's starting to open up again. Yeah. Um, and that only really kind of can only excite, can't it, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep moving yeah. forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's, 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 it's really interesting just speaking to you both and kind of seeing a bit more about, obviously, I don't know about the story, but find out a bit more about, especially what you've done in the last two years and how you've kind of had to kind of change and look at what, what's been going on in the world and, and, and being being ready for that and getting ready for, for, for getting back to normal. But it's, it is really refreshing to see kind of the approach that you guys have taken. That's nice to hear. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's really nice to hear. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, back to story, an independent hospitality food service provider operating in the UK and in Europe, specialising in restaurants, cafes, deli bars, and executive dining, clients and customers in business and industry. And as you can see, they really are an FM company with a finger on the pulse. The world's changed and Baxter Stories reacted accordingly. Facilities management company with a bright future. That's great. Thank you. Thank thank you. you. Thanks for having us. This podcast has been brought to you by Refreshment Systems Limited. 
editing by Isaac Dunyo and Evan Church, produced by Steve May, host Jamie Cochran, with special thanks to our guests, Alice McGall, Greg Brownwell, and Baxter Story. <laughs>